You're listening to The Only Constant, a podcast about active hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Elijah Rios. Elijah is earning his BFA in acting from Florida State University. Coming from a background in high school football, our conversation focused on some of the stigmas around men in performing arts and how theater has helped Elijah become more vulnerable. Elijah's first year as an acting student was filled with intense emotional vulnerability. Often, acting exercises in class would cause him and his classmates to break down barriers together. People he had only just met were now seeing Elijah's rawest emotions. We also touched on Elijah's Christian faith and how it has always made him strive to treat people right. He believes human decency is rare these days and contributes that lack of friendliness to our society's addiction to phones and constantly comparing ourselves to others. However, that cultural challenge only strengthens Elijah's commitment to connecting with others emotionally. He sums it all up by saying, in the world, we only have each other. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for coming today, it really means a lot. Of course. This was a very impromptu decision. You just yeah. came up and you were like, hey, I don't know if this is still an option. Mm-hmm. Can I do this? And yeah. frankly, it worked out, which is Luckily, <laughs> yeah. So Luckily. I'm glad that this is happening. Let's start out with your name and your pronouns. Uh, my name is Elijah Rios. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. Okay, cool. And let's talk about what you love to do. Which uh, might be your okay. major. Yeah. It might not be your major. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a major, but um, I'm a current sophomore BFA acting major, so I like to obviously act. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the circus at FSU, and oh, I also right. like just exercising, running, you know, just staying active, really. But, yeah, those are my, my main interests, yeah. Okay, sweet. How do, you, how do you know Caleb? I know Caleb. Oh, this this lovely man across from me right here. I know him because he's also in the acting program, or he was. Mm-hmm. He's a recent graduate, but yes. he's also he also used to be my big in the acting program. Yeah. So I had the honor of being his <laughs> little all year long for the duration of the school year. So. I gave you a lightsaber. Yes, he did give me a lightsaber. <laughs> and that's going to be hanging up in my apartment, actually, this Sweet. year. Sweet. So Wonderful. The legacy is legacy continuing. legacy is going to be in there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every night when I sleep, I'm just going to look at that lightsaber and go, okay, look. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your love is acting. Yes. You love l- acting. My love and passion is definitely acting. How long have you known that? <sighs> well, I went into, went into high school not really knowing what I wanted. I was really a, I was kind of a sports kid. I was like... I was in football going into high school, and I didn't know that acting was what I wanted to do like for the rest of my life until about sophomore year of high school when I had to like make the decision of like, okay, I'm either gonna go full steam with like football or acting because I didn't want to risk like some sort of injury or like anything like that when it was starting to get serious on both sides because I had just like made the varsity team for football and I knew it was getting more serious and Dang. acting I was starting to like become sort of sort of leader in my class. So I, I really needed to make a decision a decision then and uh, there, and I decided to leave football and pursue acting somehow, so. Wow, very interesting. Yeah. I've yeah. noticed a lot of actors, I brought this up one other time too, a lot of actors that they do sports as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is, do you see a connection there? I I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen that too. I don't, I don't know, like, why that is but i i definitely see a lot of especially like actors like male actors they a lot of them come from like football or even like lacrosse i even know a couple like that come from like basketball that were from my school or like even like well-known actors i know that come from sports and all that or they even transition in college from sports to acting um i don't know why it is i just i i guess this is how it's been i don't know <laughs> I, yeah yeah and, well on that note too i was going to ask is is there Okay, let's like High School Musical is all about that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's a cheesy example, but was there a good balance, or was th- was it like weird for you to be an actor and also be an athlete, or was it? Was yeah, it good? yeah. It, it it was weird because it was very similar to that movie, actually, okay. like the whole Troy Bolton thing where he had a, like like a double life kind of thing. Um, not that I was like a, some sort of like <laughs> whatever. I'm not like I'm not like a a freaking like s- football acting spy cross i don't you know yeah (laughs) it wasn't as dramatic (laughs) yeah it wasn't as dramatic at all but um it definitely got to a point where like my team my football team 
they started like really getting on me about spending most of my time like helping out with rehearsals for my my troupe at the time or like mm. they started feeling some type of way about how I would miss practices or choose to join a production instead of uh, going to the game or something like that. But when I finally left, um, a couple of them really did not like me mm. and really felt some sort of way about it. Mm. And, you know, it was fine with me because I saw who were the real ones and who weren't, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Find that out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that acting really was the thing for me because my people that were in my, like, troupe at the time, they they respected me for my decision and they were there to, like, welcome me in. And That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So you had a good relationship with them from the start. Yeah, yeah, I did. I had a pretty good um, relationship for them with them from the start. And then it just like kind of grew into you knowing that you wanted to pursue it in college. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, I didn't know specifically that I wanted to go to FSU um, until about junior year, towards the end of junior year, mm -hmm. and then um, I realized how good their, you know, how well known and reputable their program was and. I knew I just, I wanted to go for it. FSU was actually the only program I applied to for acting. Like my other schools I applied to, I did not apply to acting. So really? I kind of just like put it all out there, like on the line and hope for the best. Cause I knew I was gonna go come to FSU anyways, um, whether or not I got into the major or not. Um, mm. But I just, just wanted FSU for acting. Would you have done BA theater if you didn't get into the acting program? I, I don't even know. I think so. I think so. But then there was an, another option that I would do, like, hospitality or something, because I didn't really have another interest, and I knew I did, like, hospitality a little bit in high school, so I kind of thought I would do fine in it, but I probably would have been a BA theater, probably, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let me ask you another question on the whole athlete theater thing. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that you... Who do you, I guess, which group of like people do you like identify with more or like have I mean you did both so I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say is do you feel more comfortable in one over the other or are they both like like you feel comfortable in both yeah um well you know I definitely feel like it's less hostile when it comes to like the the acting environment or like <laughs> being, in a, being in like a, a high school troupe or something like that yeah. because Definitely, even with specifically high school football players, they're not very welcoming to new ideas or anything other than <laughs> themselves. Or yeah, 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 yeah. They can You're be, putting it so nicely. Yeah, <laughs> they can just be pretty stubborn individuals. Okay, but yeah. So let's just say I, I'd prefer, like, acting. It's a more mm. welcoming environment. Yeah, it definitely mm. is. For sure. Okay. So what were, the, what were some of the, like, the quote-unquote uncomfortable things about being involved because I mean you were in it for a while it's not like you were doing sports for no reason yeah you know or sports football specifically yeah. for no reason so like what exactly drew you to that in the first place and is that something that like was it hard to make that switch when it came down to it mm -hmm. like did you did it feel like you had to choose between two passions yeah so I, I initially joined football just because I I don't know it was as a kid I was always so afraid to join like tackle football specifically um mm -hmm. I'd never really had, like, I guess the quote-unquote, like, courage to actually go out there and, like, butt heads with kids or something like that or, like, actually go out on a field and actually play, like, American football, I guess. And so when I joined, like, the team in ninth grade, I I thought of it as, like, an opportunity to um, just try something I've been curious about and, you know, always been, like, hesitant to to do mm. so it was kind of like a, a goal type of thing for me to do it um but i realized my passion sort of started started shifting when i became more comfortable with like the art of acting and like how i could just like really just be my most free self when i'm acting or okay. just when i'm helping out with a production or not even like in a production when i'm helping out with rehearsals and just the energy and like the like the love in the room that you feel is is it was way different than a, a locker room or like on the field obviously, <laughs> yeah so it's like it, it wasn't too difficult for me to do that switch over but it was always that like societal thing that kind of held me a little bit right? from doing that switch yeah yeah but you know um 
Yeah, but I'm glad I did it overall, so. Okay, good. Yeah. And having this first year and then not really knowing what's in store for you for the next three years, mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Are you excited? Is that a little yeah. scary? Um, it's definitely both exciting and scary. I think it's exciting because I, I get to be a part of something new, like a new, like, process in the program and I get to be a part of some, part of something that nobody else has experienced before I know you had said before to me that uh, I'm like lucky because I get to like experience something that no one else has so everybody's kind of on the same level with experience wise and I, I sat with that and I thought about that and that's very true like I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing that a lot of the faculty has you know moved on mm -hmm. but then there's also the uh, the side where I am a little bit nervous about it because you know we might be getting into a storm of some sort but yeah. hopefully I'm looking for a rainbow yeah so let's hope <laughs> let's hope not but yeah. you know I'm I signed up for it so I'm gonna mm -hmm. be part of the ride so we'll see where it goes okay so I'm excited though I'm excited so thinking about the future yeah I know you're you know just kind of starting your college career mm -hmm. and uh, there's new people coming in is there I find I find it how old are you? I am 19. Okay. I find it interesting to like talk to people who are in this stage of college because it's right around the time where like, I mean, everybody has a different journey, but there's mm -hmm. just so many things that happen in college. So I'm curious to know if you have a specific goal in mind or maybe you don't and maybe you're just, you know, you're doing acting, but maybe you're figuring it out along the way. Um, do you have a specific vision in mind for where you see yourself going and doing mm -hmm. or you figuring it out? Um, well, you go to New York. Oh, Cali, mm, <laughs> most likely. Um, that's my my long term goal. After uh, I graduate here, is to hopefully make it out to California. But as of right now, I'm just trying to make as many connections as possible, okay. and try to somehow gather as many opportunities I can as possible. That's that's why I'm trying to branch out into other things on campus. Like I'm a part of the care program here, and. Uh, I'm also part of the, I said previously, I'm part of the circus. So that leaves me with many different groups of people to just connect with and like become familiar with and actually friends with. So um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is to make the amount of like connections I have to make to just later on down the line, hopefully help me out with something, yeah. you know, with yeah, getting sure. out there. Um, not even just within the program, because obviously the program is important as well, but just with anything I could get my hands on on campus and just try to seek something for myself and now yeah. what's interesting is do you think that having a major like acting you know you're trying to get connections with people you're, it's about mm -hmm. people you're talking to people and finding connections yeah um do you have like i don't know if you have friends that are doing you know science mm -hmm. majors or math majors or something something that people would say quote unquote is more like practical or tangible yeah. I feel like the experience in college might be different with those majors versus arts majors because in arts majors it is kind of more about making connections and mm -hmm. networking and not that you don't do that in science and math but it's like I feel like those majors it's a lot more focused on doing really well in your work yeah so you can get to the next goal versus mm -hmm. focus on meeting as many people as possible and doing well of course to yeah. get to your next goal. I mean, mm -hmm. do you have, just from the people you've talked to, does, does it feel like that? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. Because um, even coming in this, I came in for the summer term of 2021. Um, and I was the only, like, BFA, like, actor, physically in person during the summer term. And so, mm -hmm. like, all my friends that I, like, like, would meet along the way and the friends that I still have now... They were all like chemistry major, like bio or mm -hmm. engineering. So it was it was it, it was hard for them to understand like what I really did in my major or like <laughs> <laughs> really they they, they kind of just saw it as oh you what do you do like improv or do you just like do a monologue and then you get an A for the class like it's it was like yeah it, they didn't really understand too far into like what my major had to do with but. I would always talk to them and it was definitely a different, it's definitely been so far a different college experience than for sure those people as well, mm -hmm. just because of the major mm -hmm. and because even our schedules are, are just like handled way differently as well because 
in uh, the BFA program, like most of our schedule is figured out by our advisor or like we have to go to them to figure out which ones we should do next. So it's very like directed for us in a way. Mm -hmm. And whereas they probably don't have that much like direct focus. Like they have a yeah. track, but they're not talking to their advisor to exactly. figure out mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the next I mean, they talk to their advisor, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know yeah. What you're saying. yeah. So there is mm -hmm. slight differences between just being an acting major or just any other major as well. But not to discredit, discredit any other majors, but yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's there is definitely a difference when you just talk to someone not in your major, um, because you know some things are easier, some things are like harder. But mm -hmm. overall, there is definitely a difference I see. For sure. Oh, yeah. there was total. There was no like continuing on with the conversation when I told them what my major was. Yeah. There was no like. <laughs> there was no relating on the topic. It was mm -hmm. just like, oh well. <laughs> yeah. <Cool."> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. But as far as like you know, in terms of that different type of experience, I remember my first year of the acting program being very uh, tumultuous in the sense that my emotions were very scattered. Mm -hmm. It was just like, because it was a lot of like breaking down walls, quote unquote. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, uh, uh, freeing the natural voice, <laughs> yeah. for example, uh, yeah. by Kristen Linklater. But like those different things, like honestly did, it, it was almost like I went to class and it was like somewhat of a therapy session in a way, mm -hmm. even though it's like, as teachers, they shouldn't cross that boundary. But then like the exercises that we do would like require us to like reflect on like, emotionally traumatic experiences yeah. that we've gone through yeah. so, you know <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? so it's brought up so many memories with that one yeah so i would love yeah. to reflect on those memories and mm -hmm. i would love to know what it felt like going to like you were it was like it's just so weird when you think about that first year of an acting degree because it's mm -hmm. like you're just kind of learning how to be a human yeah in a weird way and i would love to know what you felt was your like biggest takeaways from that first year yeah you know um well yeah i think what <laughs> took me aback like just right off the bat was how open they kind of not made us be but it just it just kind of happened because we had to do an exercise or it just it had to happen because of a reason in class but i i have no problem with like talking about my past or, like past trauma or, or something like that but when it comes to like meeting new people and having to do that like the first or second week of class that was kind of a lot to take in <laughs> yeah. um, because i would literally break down and like sob in really? front of these people i literally just met like last week i mean we would talk over summertime but like nothing's like meeting them in person mm -hmm. um so yeah i wasn't like now i see it as something that really helped me open up as an actor to be more vulnerable, which is something I always struggled with, not just in acting, but like in, in general in life. Mm -hmm. um, me so, too, man. Yeah. yeah. So when I had to really open up in front of these people, I kind of barely knew about like something like the, the biggest thing in my life that kind of has impacted me. It was like, really, it took, it shocked me that I even like reacted the way I did because I, I wasn't even prepared to speak on that certain trauma that I had. So it, it kind of, it shocked me, but also like kind of made me realize that this isn't something I should have to feel like I have to hold back or that I have to necessarily feel like I'm being vulnerable about. It kind of made me open to just being more free with myself and like things I don't usually like talking about to talk to someone about. And mm. it definitely helped me with uh, bottling less things within myself because I, I would do that a lot and I still I still do that I you know I gotta work on that as well but I I there's times where I bottle up emotions or like I keep things to myself or I'll like randomly like stay quiet with my friends because I'm overthinking or something like that mm -hmm. so I think overall this year has helped me with definitely opening up more to just like human beings mm -hmm. whether it's just like talking about my day or like actually getting deeper with that and like talking about some like traumatic experiences or something like that because that was such a normal thing in class to do mm -hmm. or like we would have check-ins like once a month where we would talk about our, our month and we would get real with it so because that became a sort of like norm for me it kind of helped me like blossom to 
do that with other people that aren't in my class as well, mm. sort of thing. But I can definitely see the the bad side of just throwing that emotional truck on <laughs> people <laughs> at the very beginning of the year. But you know, um, it it helped me open up more to them, and I think that's also why whether or not my specific class has you know disagreements or fights or we just don't like each other sometimes i think that's also i I think it's why we're so close with each other Mm. and we're kind of we were kind of you know forced to be this family whether we liked it or not for real but you know it was a good thing overall that we were you know made to be this this acting family Mm. and you know i i I would do anything for them so whether i you know they're probably gonna listen to this right now and be like Oh yeah, Elijah. Yeah, whatever. No, but like it's it's true. I would do anything for each of them, and um, despite all of the mm. bad drama that comes along with it. I mean, it just kind of happens. Yeah. I mean, you guys, because it's so stressful, yeah. like emotionally stressful, physically stressful as well. Not to mention taxing. Because mm-hmm. like when you think about rehearsal schedules and stuff, I mean, you guys have twelve-hour days, thirteen-hour mm-hmm. days, fourteen-hour days. Sometimes it's just like a normal thing. So everybody is spread this thin, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're all expected to be like ready to go at yeah. seven p.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and it's like most people are on their way home. They're like mm-hmm. taking it in for the night. They're just relaxing. It's like most people are going out. And yeah, it's like exactly. Sorry, man, I had rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. exactly, and that's and that's exactly why those those check-ins we would have in class sometimes got really deep and emotional because we were all like and that was just our first freshman year so it was like we were all already like so busy and just spread thin like you said so i think you know things like a check-in is necessary and mm. i know now we have a program um psychiatrist i think or something like that or like a interesting yeah that is coming in now this year because it, it became a sort of problem and i'm glad that it's somehow being handled now. That's awesome. So yeah. That's really cool they're addressing for, that. For people to kind of talk about things. Yeah. Not yeah. in class. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 As good as it may be in certain circumstances, it obviously isn't necessarily uh, appropriate also. You know? Yeah. Because it might make, um, you know, I have known certain people to not be ready to break down those boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, and it just kind of happens because they don't really have a choice. Everybody's looking at them because it's their turn for the check-in, Yeah, you know. And because we're talking about the check-in, I would love, could you describe what, what a normal <laughs> check-in would look like? Because maybe, because I, I mean, the concept is really nice. Yeah. I just don't think it's necessarily appropriate for a classroom setting. Yeah. Plus, yeah. people but, might not realize what goes into an acting major. So it's yeah. A good look so into let's that. let's let's look. Let's just yeah. Let's let's say this is a check in. What what? How would we go about it? Well, if we're talking about one that happened at like the first week of class, it, that'd be different from like the last week of class. <laughs> let's let's talk about like the middle. Okay. So the middle would be like everyone's right now just like looking at each other just bags under their eyes just (laughs) not even wanting to be in the room at the moment (laughs) and about half the room will start crying once it's their turn and Mm. whether they like it or not you can already hear the breaking of their voice so i can understand why it probably this shouldn't even be in a classroom Mm. this should be a sort of thing that's (laughs) separate from just what we're doing that day all together because it, it did get serious at times, even with myself, or the things I would speak about myself as well, things would just like escalate and you know, they wouldn't like stop you from speaking, but you know, the weight was felt in the room. So I think that was the biggest thing. Like when people would speak, you could just feel the weight and then you would feel everybody else's weight on top of yours and you would try to oh, be there for somebody <laughs> while also trying to be there for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it was just, you know, at times it could be a mess. But you're not allowed to speak. Exactly, yeah. Only the person speaking, we're only allowed to speak one at a time. Yeah. And you're not supposed to, like, technically react to exactly. anybody. So the, re- the reason I was asking is I wanted to get, like, someone like a, of a clear picture of how someone could, like, imagine this going. Yeah. So if it was, like, we're, we all sat down, we're all silent. <laughs> In a circle. 
in a circle, circle we're yeah. facing each other and we go one by one everybody else remaining silent mm-hmm. and we, you just basically start talking so are you airing like here's the question are you airing grievances with like the people in your program are you airing grievances <laughs> with how the week is going or is it just like whatever the hell you want to say it, it could be either or the floodgates open yeah yeah and <laughs> if that person's talking you have to wait for them to stop they can go on for a full like 30 minute rant if they wanted to so it would be unfortunate because some yeah. some people wouldn't have time yeah to to say their piece or if they did it'd be like class ended nobody wants to listen right now yeah. because we want to leave because that person just went on a 30 minute rant <laughs> exactly like, you know and then that person feels like i'm sure they felt like they couldn't I, I remember one time where that happened to me and i felt like i was like oh well everybody else got to share why could yeah. not you know so, yeah. Yeah. so it's literally just a class dedicated to talking about your problems it, I guess that wasn't so, part yeah. of the. Cl- yeah. I mean, it's not a part of the curriculum. It's not, you yeah. know, like it's not like in the syllabus. It definitely <laughs> was in the class it. called. It's acting just, one. It, yeah, it's just acting one. But it was like it was something that our teacher had added into it, and yeah. oh, um, basically that day, like we knew we knew that when check-in day was coming, so we were preparing. Like we knew like it could last like a little bit of time. It could last the whole class. It could last half the class. So we didn't really know going into it. It's just dependent on. On yeah. what everybody went through throughout that week, <laughs> so oh that's boy. yeah. So that's yeah. that's another. I thing. mean, of course, it was created with good intentions. Yeah, I mean, this is we have to keep this in mind with everything. You know, it really mm-hmm. it was made with good intentions, but yeah. Well, it's created. I guess you know, it sounds like it was created to, like you said, and it, I guess it has done this in some ways, make everybody closer, because you're getting really vulnerable mm-hmm. with people. But you know, there's <laughs> it's questionable because, like. If it's a class dedicated for acting, like why don't you just do the acting? <laughs> yeah, and it's good that they're adding. It's good that they're adding uh, a psychiatrist to the mm-hmm. or I, therapist. Yeah. That whatever. was so good to hear that they're addressing yeah. it in that way. Yeah, because um, a lot of people like were going through it this year, and like even when they would talk to our, when we would talk to our advisor on those like actual one on ones with addressing classes or something like that, people would actually open up to their advisor and that's when the problem was actually seen oh. that something needs to happen here to help these kids out like actually mm. um which should have really you know we should have had this in the program yeah. for a while because yeah it shouldn't have taken like a year of like actual distress because there's been a history of this <laughs> yeah for sure too. yeah and i you know I, it's a shame like because because your class should have had something like that when you guys ha- were here and i i'm glad they're doing it now but yeah. you know, it should it, sh- it should have been around. Yeah, but it's awesome that it is happening. Yeah, but it is cool that you are a person who, because of that experience, and you touched on it before, it, it also helped you be open with other people outside of theater as well. Yeah, and that, you know, I was thinking about how maybe that if you think if that's helped you make connections with other people, you know, I mean, like you went in the circus and everything like that, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, did you think that it really did? help you become more vulnerable in your day-to-day life i do i do even if it's only slightly that only slight bit really has done more for me than i've like done for myself in a very long time Mm -hmm. so it it is progress um for just my own self to just just be more open with people whether it's just like in very slight ways where i just open up about something that happened my day or like why I'm feeling this or or that uh, when it comes to somebody or a situation, something like that. Um, I obviously have a lot more work to do, self work with myself, but um, I think it's it's helped me see that it's okay to talk about things because a lot of people go through things, whether it's worse than me or like less, you know, than mine. Um, We all go through something, so you know, it's helped me just realistically see what's going on with everybody else as well. That's cool. Okay, well, with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. All right. We'd like to take a second to shout out our monthly patrons. Thank you to Aaron Bachman, Marissa Arnone, Mimi Schultz, Dan Winstrup, Corbin Gulo, and Christina Shan for their continuous support of the podcast. Everything we do on this show couldn't be possible without listeners like you. Consider joining us on Patreon, where for just a dollar a month, you can support the podcast and help us even more in the conversation about Active Hope. Now, back to the episode. 
And we are back. So as Ted said before, college is filled with many things to juggle. And of course, being in the acting program, that just like adds a lot of things on top of that. (laughs) But in terms of things that you're currently figuring out or have figured out, I know that either way, when it comes to college, it is a very formative experience for people. I know you're only going into your second year so far, Mm -hmm. but I would love to know where your beliefs stand so far. Like, what is your faith? What do you think is out there? As far as like a higher power, a, a destiny. Yeah. Is there a destiny? All those questions. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've always been a believer of like God and Jesus Christ. And okay, cool. How Jesus is the son of God. And um, I've always taken, I, I grew up with Catholic, but I don't really see myself in that category of religion, I guess. Because, okay. you know, there's, there's always talks about the Catholic Church and, you know, the shadiness that it brings and what's involved with it. So I've always, I've never really seen myself be too heavily into being like a Catholic boy or like a Catholic man or, you know, a Christian man, type that type of thing. I've always just, you know, believed in God and would pray and try to have some sort of connection to God and, you know, Jesus and just make my faith strong and keep it relevant and like present in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be way stronger with my faith before I got to college. Um, not because I, you know, just stopped believing. It's just because I just stopped making so much time for like the praying I would talk about or like mm-hmm. just finding time for God, um, which is obviously not good because I obviously see myself as a faithful guy Mm -hmm. um but i've always seen like my faith as something that kind of really brought me to where i am now and i feel like i've won't wouldn't be here without god and without like the you know gifts and blessings that he's given me Mm. so i know i don't always come off too much as like a like a you know (laughs) believer or like you know i don't think there is one specific way to look like when you believe in god or when you're a religious guy or a faithful person, I think that me still realizing that my faith is like the number one thing in my life, I think that's good enough for me. Even Mm -hmm. if I, you know, maybe don't go to church every Sunday or read the Bible every night or something like that, because, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, Mm -hmm. to each his own. But I personally like to connect with my faith in different ways than that and just keep them you know, relevant in my life. So okay. I think my faith is something that brought me to where I am today and helped me become who I am today. So it's it's definitely an important aspect of my life. Uh, I don't know if that answered the question. No, but, oh my gosh, yeah. you beautifully answered the question. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I actually, you might have kind of answered it, but how do you show your faith? Yeah. Like, Because, you know, you're saying some people read the Bible all the time or go to church all the time. I know you pray a little bit, like you said, but how do you, how else do you like connect with your faith? Um, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I certainly, (laughs) (laughs) I certainly try to stay connected with him, with like the Lord by just, just by talking to him like every day and just believing that there's somebody there and believing that, you know, he's going to handle, you know, anything I'm going through that I, I may find hard or. You know, just leaving my worries to the higher power and um, just remaining aware that there is some something there. There is a, you know, God looking out for me or mm-hmm. there's there's my faith to help me and lead me every day. So, like I said, I don't, you know, go to church every Sunday or, or read the Bible, but I, I also try to show, you know, kindness in, in ways to other people as well that I found like through my faith like I I there was a year before I came to uh, FSU that I was super super into like religion and like you know I I would read the Bible every day I would go to church every Sunday and I found like a new outlook on the world through faith Hmm. and I translated that also into how I treat other people as well especially during that time so I kind of just humbled myself a bit and 
started treating others like really how they are supposed to be treated. And even though I'm not so heavily into my faith now as I was back then, I still try to act as somebody good to others as well. Even mm. if, you know, I have my slip ups and I'm not a perfect human being, but I still try to be there for people in the ways that I know I should be there overall. Mm. So how, sh- how do you believe people should be treated? Because you, s- you said how they should be treated. How should they be treated? I, you know, it's, it's cliche, but obviously treat others the way you would like to be treated. I, I believe that heavily. Um, and I just believe like human decency nowadays is very unknown to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And just <laughs> being a, a good person, like, I, I don't know, like holding a door open for more than one person or just like not closing it on them or or just like <laughs> if you see someone struggling on the street with like groceries or something, just helping them out, off, at least offering your help for something like that. And, you know, I've I've recently started doing that more and I've, you know, it's, it's just human decency. It's just common decency, I think. Mm. Why do you think um, there's not more of that? Why, why do you think people are hesitant to offer help? that that readily I, I just like everybody's just changing like society's just changing with how they either grow up or what they see nowadays on their phones or on the tv or something like that like i, I can't even imagine like what teenagers when i'm in my 40s or 50s are going to be like because <laughs> yeah. that terrifies me because if if teenagers my age act the way they do now and treat others the way they they do now it's it's a sad thing to see and Hmm. i don't know why it occurs i just i just i believe it it definitely is just either how they're brought up now or something like that just something in the in the way that they're either grown up to be Mm -hmm. or the way they're like raised i'm not saying it's the parents fault because you know obviously it's the kids actions and the kids choice to do things but I think it's just a lot of things that are so in the now with kids and like teenagers and like what they think is right or cool or like Mm -hmm. just what's trendy what's trendy yeah I think that weighs so much heavily so 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 much heavily wow so heavy (laughs) on like their personality and how they just treat others really yeah yeah I have another question if that's okay yeah. Um, you know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, well, I've asked the here. Um, yeah, I agree with you, first of all. Um, and, you know, you're 19, so you were in high school, like, a lot more recently than I was or even yeah. Caleb was. And oh, I Jesus. guess I would yeah. love to know, like, you know, maybe it's pretty similar to when we were there, too, but... You're talking about teenagers specifically, probably because yeah. you're in that, you know, kind of still in that group. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Um, like, how are teenagers right now? You know, like, <laughs> like what makes you say that specifically, too? Like, yeah. Um, we have access to media. Like, do you yeah. think people are, like, more mean, or do you think media just projects that and, like, and just, like, amplifies those mean voices? I, I, yeah, and I was going to say one more yeah. thing to try to. I was going to ask a question after you answered, but now that Caleb said that, I was also going to say, do you think it's always been like this, just in different ways? Mm-hmm. Like, have people always been shitty, but not not everybody, <laughs> not everybody, not everybody's shitty. But what I'm saying is, do you think that the bad stuff in the world has to just kind of like always been there? But now that we have this access to seeing everything all the time, we're just more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the internet definitely amplified everything. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's always been bad in the world. Or like, right. But once the internet really took off and, you know, social media rose, I think everything got amplified to a point where, like, now it's just we're, we're kind of at a low when it comes to just how we treat each other or, like, how we react to situations or how we let certain emotions run us more than other emotions type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Sure. And I guess I'll go back to my original statement, which was why specifically are teenagers so affected by this, do you think? And like why or 
yeah. Like, what about teenagers specifically makes you say that? Have you seen specific examples of, like, what kinds of things are people consuming to make them not happy, I guess, or feel mean? I don't know exactly what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I, I just think... <laughs> I want you to get down to the bottom of this right now. <laughs> I just, like, yeah. Obviously, you don't have the answer, but what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying is just, Personally, you know, yeah. seeing what people are consuming. Mm-hmm. I just think us, even, even me, you know, te- we're all just, like, teenager guys specifically or young adults are just so consumed with what we see that isn't real or like we compare ourselves to others now on the internet or what we see on like Instagram or TikTok or something like that and it it just changes how we see life and it changes how we then treat others because we're so like just stuck with what we want to be now or what we see is supposed to be what we're supposed to be like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're, we're, what we're supposed to look like, or, you know, it, how we're supposed to act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just translates into, like, how we treat others. And I, I've seen it, like, even in high school, I've, you know, seen people do some pretty not cool things, like inhumane things to, like, others. And it's just something that, like, I grew to see as normal, which is sad. Yeah. And... That's why I said I can't even, like, imagine how it's going to be, like, when I'm way older and there's other kids growing up in high school and how that would even look like. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like as the year – because I know when high school, when I first got into high school, Instagram had, like, just became a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, all of a sudden everybody was doing it, and I was thinking so hard about everything, mm-hmm. and I mean, like – yeah. Luckily, I took a four-year break, and I readjusted my relationship with it. But it was mm-hmm. like, what if I was, like, super into social media all four years? I wonder how much of a difference that would have made on yeah. my person now. And I just finished reading this book today. I've been reading for it the, literally the entirety of season two. It's called A History of Religion and Five and a Half Objects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just finished it this morning, and one of the greatest things – it was so great because we've said it so many times on this show. But mm-hmm. we've said, oh, it's just religion – Every, there's so many religions. They're all just trying to say the same thing. They're all trying to do the same thing. It's just a set of beliefs. Yeah. And it was really wonderful because this book made a point to say that not every religion is out to do the same thing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they're doing things to help the people who follow it. But even if they are, none of them are going about it in the exactly the same way. They all go about it in different ways. And yeah. they are almost never just a quote-unquote set of beliefs. In order to... Like, believing something is one thing, but most of the time when we believe something, that means that we take action to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, for me, hearing you express your faith, because when I first first asked what you love to do, God didn't necessarily first pop into your mind. It was acting, of course. Mm -hmm. And not that you don't love God. Of course you love God. But it's just like, and then it's so cool because when I asked you what your faith was, you really started, you talked about God for like two to three times longer than you talked about acting specifically. Not that like... It was just like when I first asked you the question. Of course, we asked you more questions about acting, but mm-hmm. you elaborated by yourself yeah. this very unique relationship that you've built yeah. with God. And I think that's so cool because I feel like now it's almost like maybe that's not cool anymore, you know? Yeah. And do you feel that way? Do you feel like it's tough carrying that faith in what seems to be a very agnostic and nihilistic world? Yeah, you know, it's 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 always it's it's definitely tough to see even people just you know try to like deconstruct the idea of there being a god or you know everybody's subject to their own opinion and i respect that um but when i see just even people even like try to you know bash the bible or just like try to like actually there was one time i even saw a person like literally just this was randomly on campus not on campus but randomly like in tallahassee I'm not going to say the specific location, but somebody threw away, like, a Bible that they had that was given to them. And, like, when I saw that, I kind of just, I don't know. It just, it kind of, like, it didn't shock me. It was just, like, I I didn't understand why someone would just so easily just kind of show that much disrespect to something that's already such a, a big thing in so many people's lives. Like, you don't have to have the same religion as everybody. You don't have to do that. You don't have to believe in a God or believe in a certain type of religion. But you, I feel like you should respect other people's religions and respect that 
they have those beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing right now for me that I see not many people respecting other people's religions. Mm. Um, or even just, you know, showing that they even really care mm-hmm. about the fact that they even are pursuing some sort of belief, belief system or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a big question here based on that moment mm-hmm. of watching somebody throw away a Bible. Obviously, I don't know them. Yeah. You don't know them. But, you know, it seems like, especially with when people talk about Christianity specifically, mm-hmm. there's a disdain for Christianity because of some of the historical context surrounding Christianity. Mm-hmm. And... You know, even modern conservatism as well. Even modern conservatism, yeah. where, because I think most people would agree with what you're saying. I do. Yeah. Which yeah, is absolutely. to respect people's religion. And to res- <laughs> and that includes respecting Christianity, right? Yeah. But I think the pe- people's problem with Christianity is that there are so many instances of extreme Christians... Uh, not allowing, not showing respect, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Not doing the thing that you're saying everybody should do. Now, the thing is, unfairly, in a lot of ways, that's not all Christians. The same way that Islamic extremists who commit terrorist acts are not representative of the majority of Muslims. Mm-hmm. And the same way that there's a lot of people who would crap on you know, Zionists, extremists, who don't represent all Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have examples of that in all religions. And so what's interesting to me is specifically in the United States and probably throughout the West, I would assume, is that that's the reason people have a disdain for Christianity. So say, I'm not an expert in any of this. I'm just going off of personal experience and what I've heard people say and what I've, I'm sure you've heard people say. There's like a, a, an anti-gay narrative in mm-hmm. many Christians. Some Christian communities, I guess. Yeah. Um, what would you? How do you feel about that? The fact that Christianity, whether we like it or not, has contributed to certain terrible things in in, in history. Yeah, mm-hmm. as all religions have in some way. Yeah. When it comes to that, that's obviously not fair at all for anybody to speak on anybody's you know sexual sexuality or you know, what they choose to have as even like their sexual orientation. Like yeah. it's it's not anybody's say other than that person's. And right. I don't like that, like, you know, Christ- Christianity has, ha- has effect, has, you know. Been associated, yeah, been associated with, with hate in that way. Exactly. I, because I know I personally don't. Right. And I don't like that that's even associated with even, like, any religion. No religion, I feel like, should have a say in that, in somebody's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody should have a say in somebody's choice of loving somebody or their decision what they do with, you know, their body. That's That brings up the, the whole Roe ro- v. Wade. Yeah, exactly. That is horrendous, and I feel like nobody sh- has a right or say in anybody and to anybody when it comes to what they do with themselves or how they want to love somebody else or what they want to do with their own child it is that person's life and nobody else has to say other than that person and i'm glad i'm talking about this now cuz i kind of I, I somehow wanted to touch on Roe v Wade at some point I don't, I don't know how it like transitioned well into this but that um that is an awful thing that has occurred, and I hope that something happens and some s- somebody somehow helps women all around this country right now because right now is not a good time in history, and yeah. women are, are put at such a disadvantage right now, and so are future children, and I know this got deep, or like... No, I mean, to, like, that's it, the thing, though. I don't, I don't want you to... Censor yourself. Yeah. It's, but it's gotten to a point where I can't even imagine what women in this country feel like right now. And I am disgusted that it happened. So when it comes to 
you know, Christianity and their association with, you know, gay rights and and how they see, you know, gay people and how they, what they choose to, like, you know, be. Mm-hmm. I think it, it just comes hand in hand with the whole Roe v. Wade thing where people are just so consumed in their own beliefs and in their own ways that they don't put others ahead of them. They don't, they don't, they don't try to understand others' reasoning for why they choose to do what they do or why they choose to be who they want to be or, or how they handle themselves. They're just so consumed in what they believe is right and what they believe is how the world should be and what they believe is the right way to live life when that is completely wrong. It is it is wrong to bash somebody for loving who they want to love. It is wrong to bash a woman for having an abortion or choosing to do what they want with their body. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't answer the question so well, but no, it's I mean, definitely like yeah. It's it's I don't like that that is such a big thing in Christianity where it's come to a point where we have to somehow you know, fight for other people's rights or others people, other, other people's ability to live their life. Yeah. It's just, it's just wrong to me. It's almost as if Christianity has become, not, not Christianity itself, but the, the idea of Christianity and the way that many people perceive Christianity has become diluted mm-hmm. because, you know, we've had so many people come on this show, Caleb, <laughs> who talk about Christianity and all they say is we should just love people mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day right mm-hmm. and somehow that's been lost in translation in Christianity in certain sects of Christianity and, and other religions too I mean you know I get uh, the best way for me to re- I was raised Jewish so mm-hmm. I think about Ben Shapiro a lot who is a conservative <laughs> Jew yeah. And even he has things against, he's against abortion. And it's like, well, I don't know if that represents, that doesn't represent all the way all Jewish people feel. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'm glad you're saying what you're saying because I think you're airing, you know, obviously a lot of people are feeling this way. It's just so interesting mm-hmm. to think about why there is so much disdain for religion. And I hope that people can you know, potentially listen to what you're saying as someone who has said that they believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ and he, and also can hear you saying what you're saying and realize that, like, religion is changing in a lot of ways. You know, like, religion is so integral. I know I'm going on a long talk here, but it's just, like, I think it's important. Yeah. Religion is such a human thing. A lot of, you know, and I, being agnostic, you know, that's fine. And that's good. I mean, it means you're open to something, but it's like, honestly, the more I'm talking to people and having experiences of my own, it's like, you know, religion is important. Having something like that, having faith is very important no matter what it is. And it's just like, I guess I'm just going on a tangent here. Caleb, do you have anything to say? No, tradition is a history of changes. That's another thing that this book mentions. That's that is tradition. You know, people whether it be conservative whatever it might be, the idea is that you're holding on to a tradition, the idea that this is the way that things should be. So, within doing that, you are kind of ignoring the fact that that tradition came out of whatever change happened in that person's or culture's experience. So, Basically, throughout history, it's like you create these traditions in response to the changes that have happened. So it's like no matter what, to Ted's point, religion is always changing. But what doesn't change is the feeling. To me, love is love. That's kind of what it comes. If God is love, then love is God. That's what it comes for me. Like it, it, that's what it comes down to for me. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like because I was raised a Christian and everything, and. And I am so thankful for the lessons that have, like, the fruits of the Spirit, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, like, the, I mean, this is, like, the tenets of being a good person, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, they're awesome. And it's very cool to hear how you've taken, you were born into the Catholic faith, but you've taken faith and you've you've turned it into your own thing. It's, not, it's like, like you said, 
you know, and, and as the book said before, yes, you know, ideally religion is doing everything in their power to help their followers in whatever way they can. But even if they are, there's not necessarily going about it in the same way. So there are many Christians, just as you believe that abortion is not, you know, it's just like you were like, no, definitely no. And I agree with you. There are also many Christians who firmly believe in the opposite side of that. And it's very interesting to see how people who hold the same faith may view things in such drastically different ways. And it takes some real courage on your part to like, not only go through college with that, but go through like a time period that we are in now to stand by those beliefs and have to stand by the changes that you've made in your own life. Because I'm sure that's not easy. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure because and even as you were speaking about it, it, it was very clear how emotionally mm-hmm. driven yeah. this 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 issue is. And I mean, we're yeah. three guys sitting at a table. <laughs> yeah. There is not a single woman in this room right now and uh, there are women listening yes but in terms of like how we feel about it i mean you said it yourself elijah but you can't even imagine what i can't even imagine what it must feel like to not have autonomy to not have the choice to do that thing and you know and but it seems so cool because it seems like as time has gone on you've held out you've held on to the tenets that you know to be good mm-hmm. in your life you know and it's so cool to hear you practice your faith in different ways um and it seems like i would love to take this this note and like segue into because it seems like it might work out mm-hmm. as far as what brings you hope in the world because yes. you love you have a smile on your face <laughs> yeah. or on your face when you talk about your faith mm-hmm. you know so what does bring you hope in the world i think what brings you hope in the world is, I, I, I guess my, my faith does bring me hope in the world because my faith is, has, is what has brought me many people in my life and brought me opportunities to where I can be right here now and speak to you guys. And, you know, it's, it's, it's brought me to a place where I can admit that I'm not the perfect, faithful guy, but I do feel connected to God and my faith and I think it I have hope now because of my faith and I have hope that I can continue to just become a stronger individual when it comes to not just faith but for others as well and to speak out about certain things that I feel like should be spoken about that many people find to be I don't know taboo or just stuff that shouldn't be spoken about mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like my faith brings me hope okay and right. yeah sweet yeah good so, answer well, <laughs> so what do you do uh, regularly enough to bring hope into the world hmm to bring hope into the world I just I try staying connected to people on emotional levels either by you know giving them like someone to talk to or affection in some way i just try staying connected to people because in the world you we we don't we only have each other mm-hmm. and if i can be there for somebody in some way or just be someone to talk to in some way i think that brings hope for a better tomorrow and it just brings hope for a happier future for everybody all around. If we have more people connected with each other and more people trying to actually treat each other with decency, mm. that brings hope for everybody in the end. So that's why, that's what I try to do every day to bring hope. Mm. That's beautiful. Wow, Elijah <laughs> yes. Rios. What a beautiful human. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. got deep there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for being willing. I mean, we did talk a lot about being vulnerable today. Yeah, I guess, I literally, yeah. As far as the acting program, <laughs> all that fun stuff. But yeah, thank, thank you for being so willing to be vulnerable with us. Yes. We touched on some touchy topics, right? Yeah. But it seems, I mean, especially in the second half there. But it yeah. seems like, you know, no matter what, you, you maintain this, this, this good energy, this good mentality about life. And yeah. it seems like faith has a lot to do with that for you. I agree. And that's so cool because I've never talked to you about this as mm-hmm. far as like this in depth. I mean, I knew you were a Christian, but I didn't know that it was like that. I mean, you really carry your faith with you. Yeah. You, you wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. Not and it's many really people cool. really see it, but... Well, now I do. Yeah. It's yeah. actually right there. But it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. <laughs> well, for those of you listening, hopefully you found some hope today. Thanks, Elijah. Of course.
Thanks for listening to The Only Constant. We hope today's episode made you feel a little more hopeful or changed your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Only Constant Podcast. Or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show helps us immensely. And we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all the support. And we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.